Welcome to today's episode of The Growth Zone. I am Christian Bartsch. What is the core benefit of listening to this show? Business leaders in corporate and privately held companies gain insights into trends and strategies that provide them with a competitive advantage in the marketplace. Each episode focuses on an area such as marketing, sales, innovation or funding that is absolutely critical to the growth of companies, whether they are startups or corporate global players, where management needs to juggle the challenges of market entry or knowing how to navigate the uncertainties of disruptive developments. Mindfeeding is where clarity evolves and helps solving organizational challenges. For those who listen to the entire episode, I have a special surprise gift. I am working on some great guests that are industry leaders in management, innovation and marketing. Let's get started on today's episode. So today I am here with Andrew Bartlow and he's based in San Francisco Bay Area. We're going to be talking today about following topic. How can a startup attract talented engineers and get HR to help scaling the tech startup? So before we get really started deep into our topic, Andrew, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Sounds great. And really happy to be here, Christian. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, so I am a career-long, lifelong uh, HR professional, uh, 25 years in recruitment and talent management at uh, Fortune 50 uh, down to less than 50 employees at the organizations. Um, and I have really specialized for the past uh, handful of years uh, after a great exit at a, at a real estate tech company, um, advising and mentoring uh, CEOs and HR leaders at high growth organizations. Uh, and I do that through my company, Series B Consulting. Great. So, so you have that big, wide knowledge and experience about uh, human resources and as well with growth companies and so on. And when we look at, for instance, what we read in the newspapers and that at the moment, of course, companies like Tesla, they're massively growing all around the world and they're creating jobs everywhere. But of course, creating jobs is one side. On the other hand, you have to fill the vacancies as well. So how do you see the things happening at the moment? Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of advantage to brand. Big brand brings you customers and it brings you job applicants. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's uh, high quality job applicants. You know, Google and Tesla and Netflix and you know, well known, especially consumer brands. You know, get many, many, many more applications per opening than uh, you know a lesser known uh, earlier stage startup. You know, especially if you're in the B two B space. Uh, so th the brand makes an enormous difference. So I'll, I'll just start out by acknowledging. This is a legitimate issue. It's it's hard to get your first fifty high quality hires. Um, now, often in your earliest stages, it's your founders network that brings you your first uh, engineers, brings you your first hires, and the the friends of friends, the family of friends, the friends of family, 
that that's often where you you know really start out. Um, but as you grow from the you know 25 to 125, uh, that's where you need to you know cast a wider net. And so you know this is a legitimate issue uh, pre-brand, and um, you know one that organizations and HR. Uh, often struggle with. So happy to share a few tips in this area, but wanted to start out by just acknowledging this is a this is a real and consistent issue. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, when you think of it, um, yes, uh, only pandemic times, some companies are laying off, but it doesn't automatically mean that you are going to get the mother to move to the location you want to have them. Or maybe even knowing or being aware that you have a really interesting, attractive offer. And you see that, of course, for instance, now with Tesla, with the factories in Germany and that, they're trying, of course, to uh, attract high-level people from who used to work in other companies and got golden handshakes. So some of them obviously are considering a new move and others maybe are preferring to sit. And when you look at it and say you haven't got that brand like Tesla, you have to find another way to really get people to hire. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it it um, you know pre-brand or if you're not in a in a business to consumer arena where you're widely known and doing some broad advertising that brings you attention, um, or if you're not yet at that Series C or D where you're getting real capital um, that that starts to attract people to the exit opportunity, um, there are a number of things that you can do as a earlier stage high growth enterprise to um, uh, bring on board the talent. Um, so I, I have a short list I could share with you. Oh, yeah, great. All right. Well, hey, I, I think it starts with, uh, number one, being clear about what you're looking for and what you're building. Uh, it, it's, it's, really, it's really essential to be able to describe what your company does, what you're after, and what type of roles you're trying to fill. You know, if you don't know what you're trying to fill, if you're just trying to bring in bodies and generalists and generic software engineer, that's not going to be super appealing to high quality talent. Uh, so be more specific where that can be a little scary to an employer that knows that you need talent and you're not sure where you need it. If you're not thoughtful and able to communicate that to potential candidates, they're not going to leave a good situation to come join your ambiguous situation. So that, that's number one. Be clear about what you're looking for and what you're building. Um, you know, number two, uh, you, you touched on this already, Christian. It's it's tell a compelling story. Um, you know, there, there's a term, uh, WIFM, what's in it for me? Uh, in the HR world, we also call this an EVP or an employment value proposition. That's all the story around why should a worker join your organization and really, why should somebody stay? So if you can tell a compelling story around why should somebody leave Google or Facebook or wherever they're at and come join you, and if you put a little thought behind that and have a few bullet points for your hiring managers or your recruiters, you'll have a much better hit rate on attracting people to join you. And any sort of outreach that you're doing through LinkedIn or other media um, will be more likely to attract people's attention. So my, my second tip is number two, tell a compelling story. Um, and I have a third and fourth. So the third is uh, probably not a shocker. Um, great leaders can build great teams. 
So if you hire the head of a function, so if you, we're, we're talking about an engineering group, spend a little extra money, uh, maybe take a little extra time finding a VP of engineering or chief technology officer or whatever, you know, whatever the right title is for that person who is a talent attractor. People want to work for that person. That person may have been in business and worked with other teams in the past, and they can draw people to you uh, because those engineers want to work with that leader. Uh, so that can often be a bit of a risk if you're a technical founder and you're the founder CTO and you're early in your career and don't yet have that big network. So um, if you're if you're not a uh, the head of the function, um, find a head of the function that isn't just you know a friend of a friend or a family member or somebody that you trust. You need to trust them, uh, but hiring a talent attractor will make it so much easier to. You know, bring in great talent and keep them. So they have and, to have as well a network, right? Yeah. Hey, the net, not not just a network, not just being known, but people want to work for that person. Okay. So you know, it, it helps in two ways. One, if the name is known and and they can bring people in the door to you know talk with you, that's really helpful. But second, you know, making a good impression on the people that they're that they're speaking with, um, and, and those folks see value in working for that person. They feel like they're going to learn. Uh, they think they can take skills and experiences from working with that person to their next opportunity. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's my third tip. Hire a great leader who's a talent attractor. That just makes it so much easier to fill out whatever function you're you're trying to build. And and hey, last piece is uh, you know, number four: don't get in your own way. Um, I, I I see startups um, often struggle with that transition from 25 to 125, or even slightly beyond that, uh, with awkward candidate selection processes. You feel like you've got to interview with everybody in the world. Everybody at the company needs to have consensus buy-in. Uh, five visits and a watermelon interview, and uh, do a work product sample and. It's just not realistic. If if you're not a known brand like a Google or a Tesla uh, in this competitive labor market, and you don't have you know an obvious exit opportunity yet, you can't expect candidates to jump through 12 hoops for you. So don't get in your own way with awkward selection processes. Um, you know, be, have a compelling story to tell, and back that up with how you select people. Doesn't mean it's a cattle call and everybody gets an offer. Uh, that's not compelling. Uh, it just means don't get in your own way with something that's overcomplicated. So, hey, th those are my big four. Be clear about what you're looking for. Tell a compelling story. Hire a talent attractor to build out their department. And then don't get in your own way. Hmm, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and hey, HR and uh, a recruitment team can help you think through how to do all that. And there are various you know tips and tricks along the way to build your own employment brand uh, you know, a little bit at a time and make sure that it's aligned with your internal practices. Um, so if you're hiring, you know, call up more than 20 people a year, you should almost certainly have at least one internal dedicated recruiter on your team um, that's, that's not just sourcing people and, and interviewing people or running the mechanics of the process, but helping you think through how do you design this talent acquisition process and how does it all line up inside your organization? Hmm. 
Yeah, so that would be uh, quite a good way as well to actually get somebody focused to just do that and not just forget the candidates and leave them, let them wait like for weeks. By the yeah. time they have found somewhere, it's a better job. That's right. Mm. Yeah. That's right. And so, how how can they? How can you then get as well the the businesses to scale and and multiply themselves with that kind of HR uh, strategy? So, um, well, as as you start to scale more and more, you're building your brand. Um, it, it becomes a flywheel effect. The more people you hire from outside your network, uh, the more people hear about you. The more success you have, the more success you have the opportunity to get. You're raising more funds. You're getting some PR releases. Your valuation is going up. That's all good stuff. Uh, but there's some there's some uh, decent building blocks that you can put in place as a high growth startup. I, I encourage all of my clients to do those basics early. Uh, so there's an employer uh, profile, an employer landing page on Indeed that's free for you to fill out. So why wouldn't you do it? You know, include a couple of videos, you know, uh, include some information about your organization. Uh, do the same thing on Glassdoor. Do the same thing on LinkedIn. You don't have to pay anything to fill out and build out those employer landing pages where more and more uh, candidates or prospects will check you out before they dedicate their time to an interview. And so if you're not known yet, if you're not Tesla or, or Google, um, they're going to want to check you out. And so have some information waiting for them and ensure that it's compelling. And you can do that by thinking through the, the WIFM, the what's in it for them, thinking through the employment value proposition. Why, why would your place be compelling? Maybe it's the tech stack. Maybe it's career progression. Maybe you, you know, do something unique. Um, maybe it's what your company's focused on, um, but just put yourself in the candidate's shoes and tell a compelling story. Do that publicly so you can start to build your employment brand. Uh, and that's a good way to do it. You don't need to spend any dollars to uh, uh, do some of those employer profile pages. Yeah, that's definitely quite a good uh, tip to follow on that and uh, makes it definitely a good place. And you maybe even get maybe even backlinks or anything, which might be as well beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And, and as you as you continue to grow, you can build out your recruitment function. So you go from one recruiter to, to four. You may start to break out the recruiting team with a manager and separate sourcers or coordinators. You know, that it, you know how you build your talent acquisition engine how much of that is insourced versus outsourced with search firms, how, how much you supplement through uh, external advertising or job postings. You know, that, that's a decision that you need to make based off the type of roles that you're trying to fill and where and, and how fast you're trying to grow. So, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer there other than if you're hiring more than 20 people a year, it's, it's probably past time to have a dedicated recruiter. I'm not saying that you know every 20 you need another recruiter. There are definitely some economies of scale, and I'll tell you it's it's shocking at the relatively low hires per quarter that uh, internal recruiters are are tasked with in the valley. Um, you know, I, I think you know generally it's too low. You're looking at three to four 
hires per quarter per recruiter, uh, technical hires. And I think that if you have a decent process, you don't need to be you don't need to be a big brand. Um, but if you have a decent process, you can you can hire a lot more people a lot faster, um, still with quality. So you, know, you you don't you don't need to have legions of recruiters to uh, help your organization scale. So it's all about um, hiring smarter, faster, and still keeping quality the way it should be. Yeah, yeah, that's mm. right. You know, it's like any other problem. You know, think think of uh, you know often technical leaders are are at a loss with how to build some of their management and talent acquisition processes. But um, there, there's a uh, there's a VC talent partner that uh, you know gave gave me a quote for my book that I really appreciate, and it and it talks about think about the talent acquisition process as a technology process you know wear your product manager hat you know how would you step through the issue uh, what would your customer say and in this case the customer is the candidate um, so what would be compelling to bring someone in where would be the points of failure where are the risk points where could somebody drop off and just build a make sense process and that process will change depending how quickly you're trying to grow, what scale you're already at, um, you know, what your hiring and selection process looks like. So it's it's not a, you know, a do it and forget it, um, but you will constantly evolve just as your organization evolves. Uh, but again, it's, it's a problem like any other that you can solve through thoughtful application of process. Yeah, and then, and then of course you have to have the onboarding as well properly because if once you've hired them, um, you have to get them really onboarded quickly and then otherwise you lose them again because they think this is chaos. Uh, they don't even know what I'm supposed to do and they get <laughs> frustrated already on the first day. Yeah, mm. yeah. There, there are three or four um, really common types of training uh, that high growth organizations offer. One is onboarding. Um, second is manager skills. You know, often people you know, get promoted more quickly in high growth enterprises, so they're in their first ever management job. And we recognize that you know, people, you know, the, the, the old chestnut of um, workers leave managers, they don't leave companies. Well, that, yeah, that's, that's true in, in large part. So you want to have effective managers that are able to retain their people and you know, uh, help them be as productive as they can be. Um, you know, the third, and this is essential in a, in a high growth environment, is interviewing skills. So how do you do that? It's, it's not just a gut feel conversation. You know, how do you actually assess people? Interviews are not a great way to assess people, but it's one of the best that we have. Uh, you know, I, I've seen all sorts of personality tests and competency tests and you know, work product samples are useful but you don't want to overdo it or, or do it too soon in the assessment process. Uh, you want to have a you know, relatively short list of candidates before you ask people to do that. Um, but interview skills, that's, that's a common uh, training need in high growth. And, and then the last that's really common is sales training, right? If, if you're at the point where you have product market fit, you want to sell whatever it is, product or service that you're selling and, and have your team be more effective doing it. So Yeah, there are definitely some basics that you want to have in place. And I'd suggest that a lot of that you can um, you can buy, you can acquire. You don't need to build it all from scratch yourself. Now, the story may be a little different for you, especially with onboarding. But 
the, the building blocks and framework, you can easily go to an outside vendor and get a best in class uh, onboarding process that you're then able to adapt to, uh, uh, to work for your organization. So it can help you move faster than you would otherwise. Yeah, definitely, because that saves you time and, and <clears throat> it's repeatable. Like in many organizations, uh, they have uh, these templates where you have to, when you start at the company, they have, of course, a checklist. Okay, you need to you get your phone, uh, your phone and your phone number must be applied for. You have to get your notebook, you have to get your equipment and so on. Your, your employee ID card, if you have some kind of security entrance system and so on and uh, all these different other things and uh, of course maybe you have some some other kind of let's say half an hour information what to do if there's a fire if somebody just <laughs> pops off or whatever these all depends very much on the company so some uh, i once had when i started with one company they uh, i even had a a kind of the security um, onboarding training where they actually show, yeah, you shouldn't put anything on the covers at the top because it might fall over, it might tip over and so on. And I thought, okay, yes. <laughs> it would be logical because that could really tip over. Um, but sometimes people don't maybe uh, consider these things really a threat un until they actually recognize, oh, uh, that might be a bit stupid if I, if I put something that's heavy and it just tips over. Uh, hit a calling was not not exactly the best thing to do on the first day. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. yeah I, I think you're referencing the administrative onboarding. You know, how how do you get done the basics as a as a worker at this firm? You know, what, how do you get onto your email? How do you interact with HR? Where do you access knowledge resources? Whether it's an internet or Slack um, Slack channel or something like that. Yeah. And, and that'll be pretty consistent for all your hires where mm -hmm. things start to get a little bit more complicated is the, is the technical training. So, Hey, if we're talking engineering team, you know, how do you do code reviews? Do you have an agile or waterfall process? Um, how do you document what you're doing? Um, how do you communicate with the other team? What are the, uh, with your team, what are the expectations? Uh, so that, that in my mind is all part of effective onboarding. So administrative, Yeah, that's one thing. Maybe that's a few hours. You can deliver it a bunch of different ways. But more importantly to job success and people sticking around and ultimately productivity in the role is that more uh, job-specific onboarding. And you can do some good work. Uh, HR can help you frame up and design what that looks like around you know checklists and onboarding that may be specific to department or even uh, different roles. Yes, uh, and that's uh, really saves a lot of time and pain as well because you can do it every time for the same kind of job position or department, and you just need to adapt it just to the individual job position. That's right. That's right. And again, mm. that'll evolve as your company evolves and changes. So you know, none of these things stay static forever. Um, but I, I advocate that that sort of onboarding training is is something that uh, many organizations could do better for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I see, uh, yeah, it's been great to have you here on the show, um, Andrew. And how can people actually connect with you? Sure, sure. Well, my, uh, my primary website is uh, www.seriesb, as in boy, seriesbconsulting.com. Lots of articles, lots of resources out there, all of it free. You can connect with me, learn about a, uh, 
my, my People Leader Accelerator program, learn about um, advisory and uh, support services I provide. But I yeah, would love to get connected and you know, ultimately just be useful to this high growth uh, community. Great. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much, Christian. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Growth Zone with Christian Barge. Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or rating here on iTunes or on podchaser.com. If you found the content helpful, then share it on social media. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming interviews with leaders in the market. Simply visit the website follow.prmediareach.com. I will be adding the link also to the description of this episode so that you just need to click on that link. For those of you who are listening and signing up to follow the show, I have reserved a free copy of the ultimate guide on content marketing. This is the strategy that got me top corporate clients like McDonald's, Linde, Hewlett-Packard, Deutsche Bank, Volvo and many others. That strategy has been working for over 10 years. It also got me contracts with police, transport authorities, military and several universities and even leading research institutes. For sure, it also worked wonders as it got me many small, medium-sized entrepreneurs and enterprises as clients. And that even included international clients from all around the world. The link to sign up for our free broadcasting service and the guide is follow.prmediareach.com. That will give you access to the most recent version of my ultimate guide on content marketing. You can follow me as well on Twitter by using the Twitter handle CAPBarge. That's spelled Charlie Alpha Papa Bravo Alpha Romeo Tango Sierra Charlie Hotel. Yes, that is CAPBarge. Charlie, Alpha, Papa, Bravo, Alpha, Romeo, Tango, Sierra, Charlie, Hotel.